Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. The war between Russia and Ukraine has been an interesting conflict. Of course, war is not a desired thing because, you know, the purpose of it is to kill people and to break things. <laughs> but it is a necessary thing sometimes. And this particular war has had many political elements to it. The, the fact that it's Ukraine in the first place is interesting because of the fact that then Vice President Biden put so much pressure on the government there to squash the investigation into his son, Hunter Biden. And then when President Donald Trump took the matter and uh, looked into the matter, he was impeached over it. But the, the war started in part because President Biden told Russia that the and the world that if Russia invaded Ukraine, well, we would not do anything about it. This, of course, was on the heels of us botching our withdrawal from Afghanistan. And Ukraine was seen as the the severe underdog in this war. And, and the support from people in this country was huge. But Ukraine has been corrupt for a long time. And, and the war has not really changed that, to be honest. Ukrainian oligarchs are making a lot of money siphoning off parts of the the aid given to the country. And where the the U.S. military comes in is that the war has been a useful thing in, in our, well, Cold War conflict with Russia. It has provided incredible intelligence for us in determining what the military capacity of Russia is. And it has also allowed us to hurt Russia's military without really shedding a single drop of our own blood. This is the sentiment uh, from from an article entitled The Search for a Political Solution to the Ukraine War. And it's by Shyam Saran, who uh, writes for um, Tada.org. The Ukrainian war is not between Russia and Ukraine, but between Russia and NATO led by the U.S. Russia's de- declared uh, objective of its special military operation, as they call it, is preventing the future expansion of NATO closer to its borders. It it also wanted, um, through this operation, to to compel the recasting of the European security uh, architecture to, to accommodate what it considers is vital security interests. This was simply clear in the list of demands made by Russia to the U.S., on the eve of the invasion of Ukraine, and and which the the, the 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 latter rejected, of course. If this proposition is correct, then one cannot avoid the conclusion that Russia has so far not gained any of its objectives in this war. This is irrespective of any gains that Russia may still be able to make on the battlefield in, in the coming weeks or months. But far from pushing NATO away from its borders, it has ended up with Finland already becoming a full-fledged member of the alliance, abandoning its its neutral status. And Sweden has also applied to join NATO, shedding more than 200 years of neutrality. 
while its its entry is is held up due to Turkish uh, um, objections, this is likely to be just simply a temporary delay. It appears that Ukraine itself may be getting closer to membership uh, of of NATO in the in the days to come. Furthermore, any perspective uh, or prospect of, of of Russia being able to find a place for itself in the new European security order appears unrealistic for the foreseeable future. The situation may have become more complex and and, and challenging for Russia in the wake of the recent mutiny by the Wagner Group against President Vladimir Putin's government. And against this backdrop, the strategy for restoring peace in Ukraine lies in finding and honorable exits routes for for russia uh and an extradition strategy if if you would like um it would be of value for both sides to to cease hostilities and first to to stop the immense loss and damage being inflicted on innocent men women and children uh, caught up in the middle of of a, of a shooting war uh, second to prevent the further disruption of of energy and food uh, supply chains and third the just simply the fatigue factor becoming apparent among ukrainian supporters and 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 patrons uh, both here in the us and in europe uh, ukraine cannot rely on the unlimited and and perpetual support that uh, uh, that, that that they may be really trying to rely on now it is true that no final and comprehensive solution may be possible at this time, and perhaps even for a long time to come. Uh, issues of territorial integrity and, and sovereignty are, are sensitive and complex. However, some elements of compromise may be explored. First uh, is the, the restoration of the status quo. Um, uh, the anti as, as, as of 24, uh, the 24th of February of, of last year, when the Russian invasion of, of Ukraine began, this will this will leave Crimea and some parts of Donetsk uh, under the the Russian um, occupation, um, but but this this initial step uh, could be without uh, you know prejudice to to respective territorial claims. So in other words, Russia you know is is probably just going to be able to hold on to those two areas, but then have some sort of peace. Uh, you know, and and Ukraine hold on to the rest. That seems to be kind of almost the inevitable at this point. Uh, the second is the rest, uh, the uh, recognition that that um, to to treat Russia as a a defeated party and to attempt to exclude it from the emerging European security architecture uh, would be kind of short sighted and self defeating. Really, Russia is and will remain a significant major power with substantial military capabilities, including, of course, nuclear capabilities. Uh, no enduring peace and stability in Europe is possible without eventually including Russia, of course. And third, e- even at a time of heightened tensions and rising com- confrontation, um, engagement needs to be maintained. So in other words, um, you know, th- there does definitely need to be talk. Uh, communication is always a good thing, and 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 leaving those those areas open um, are are always a good thing. Um, all the efforts to bring diplomatic uh, and and, um, and and democracy uh, to bear are, are of course welcome. The, the G20 as a, as a group could also play a role, but it's deeply polarized on this issue, and and we'll see what happens there. But but really, President Biden has yet to show any signs of helping with finding an end to the conflict. So 
we have all these other people that are trying, and it doesn't look like President Biden is one of them. Uh, in, in a series of articles from the Daily Wire comes this. It says, Ukraine, which is now engaged in a counteroffensive against Russia forces, is set to receive a round of cluster bombs from the Biden administration in a withdrawal of weapons that bypasses U.S. law, actually. Uh, despite America law prohibiting the production, uh, use, or transfer of cluster munitions with a failure rate of more than 1%, President Joe Biden is able to bypass a law through a rarely used provision of the Foreign Assistance Act. The, this is according to the Washington Post. Now, cluster bombs first developed and, and uh, they were used during World War II are banned by most countries in the world due to the, the view that they are uh, inhumane because of the high failure rates and, uh, and unexplosed fragments that can linger for years, according to the BBC. Uh, Biden approved uh, sending the, the controversial weapons to Ukraine after a unanimous recommendation from his national security team, according to the national security advisor, Jake Sullivan, who said on Friday it was a difficult decision, as he put it, a, dif- a, a decision made in consultation with allies and partners and in consultation with members of Congress. The president is using the Foreign Assistance Act to a- a- approve the cluster of munitions uh, for Ukraine, which allows him to bypass arms export regulations as long as he determines the move is vital to U.S. national security, according to the Washington Post. U.S. officials said the cluster bombs that will make their way to Ukraine have a failure rate of less than 3%. The weapons um, pose a highly uh, heightened risk to, to civilians as they explode in the air and release dozens of smaller submunitions, also called bomblets, uh, over a wide area. The bombs intended to destroy multiple targets at once and have... Uh, been sought after by Ukrainians as their ammunition runs low, according to the New York Times. Now, the U.S., Ukraine, and Russia did not join the 120 countries that ban the use of cluster bombs. Russia has been using the munitions in its war against Ukraine. And according to the Pentagon uh, and the United Nations, uh, Ukraine has also been doing that, though they deny that. <laughs> uh, according to the Associated Press, the transfer of the cluster bombs to the to Ukraine will come out of uh, Pentagon stock in a uh, fresh batch of military aid that also includes armed vehicles and more ammunition. Uh, human rights advocates are con- concerned that the Pentagon's ex- uh, assessment of a 2.35% dud rate um, is it doesn't really um, take in some realistic conditions, as they put it. It's just kind of a way to get around uh, the uh, get over the hump here uh, by, and give them to Ukraine. Uh, quote: It's it's di- di- uh, it's dismaying to see the long-established one percent unexploded ordnance standard for cluster music, m- munitions rolled back, as this will result in more duds. Uh, which means an even greater threat to civilians, including D-miners. Uh, this, this is according to a human's, uh, human rights uh, activist. Uh, quote, the lack of transparency on how this number uh, was reached is disappointing and seems unprecedented. Um, so Biden, Biden also released 
uh, sensitive U.S. military information as well when he um, when he released the, the fact that he was going to do this. When he, he had a press conference saying this is what he's going to do. And then he ended up releasing sensitive U.S. military information. Uh, President Joe Biden faced backlash on Sunday after he revealed sensitive U.S. military information during an interview that critics said could make America's adversaries more aggressive. Biden told the CNN's Fareed Zakaria uh, that the reason that he is giving the cluster munitions to Ukraine is because the U.S. is running out of 155 millimeter artillery shells. Quote, these are weapons that 100 nations banned, including some of our closest NATO allies. When, when there was news that the Russians might be using it, uh, admittedly against civilians, um, your, pre- your then press secretary said this might be uh, constituted as war crimes. What made you change your mind and, and decide to give them these weapons, he asked. Well, here's what Biden responded with. The Ukrainians are running out of ammunition. The ammunition that they used to call them uh, 155 millimeter weapons, this is a war relating to munitions and they are running out of the ammunition and we're low and we're low on it. And so what I finally did, I took the recommendation of the Defense Department to not permanent uh, permanently, but to allow for it uh, for in this transition period where we have more 155 weapons, these shells for the Ukrainians to provide them with something that has a very low dud rate. It's about, I think it's 150, which is the least likely to, to be blowing. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's literally word for word what he said. Quote, and it's not used in civilian areas. They're trying to get through this those uh, trenches and stop those tanks from rolling. And so, but it was not an easy decision. And it's not, uh, we're not uh, signatories uh, of that agreement. Uh, but I, uh, it took me a while to be convinced to do it. Uh, but the main thing is they either have the weapons to stop the Russians now from there, uh, keeping them from stopping the Ukrainians offensive through these areas, uh, or they don't. And I think they needed them. <laughs> Again, word for word. Uh, Biden's remarks led to a pushback, of course, online from online commentators, um, you know, who said that he should not be revealing that type of information to the world during interviews. Uh, quote, Joe Biden broadcasting to the world that the U.S. is low on 155 millimeter shells. Um, moron. <laughs> Does Biden not care that our adversaries in China are listening? This is uh, what Republican strategist Steve Guest uh, tweeted out. Uh, how about another one here? Uh, Kurt Sch- Schittlinger, uh, is, uh, uh, said he's an attorney and, and a columnist. He said, uh, just spectacular. <laughs> Biden seems to be... Uh, saying we're sending cluster bombs to Ukraine because we're running out of our own and, and other munitions. Uh, this is actually what Democrat candidate Robert F. Kennedy tweeted out, uh, Kennedy Jr. He, uh, he said, looks like a pretext for even more military spending to me. The time has come to offer diplomatic alternative to war, plus bring bo- both sides to the negotiating table. Uh, or how about uh, conservative strategist 
uh, Logan Dobson, and he tweeted out, love when the president of the United States uh, goes on CNN to tell everyone we're low on ammo. (laughs) Well, Biden also said that Ukraine may not get what they wanted anytime soon. The president, Joe Biden, said in an interview broadcast on Sunday that he he believes that Ukraine is not ready to become a member of NATO and that the country first needs to focus on ending the war with Russia. The the remarks were made during the the same CNN uh, discussion as uh, as Ukrainian President uh, Zelensky continues to push for uh, becoming a member state. Uh, quote, I don't think it's really, uh, it's ready for membership in NATO, Biden said, adding that uh, that President uh, Putin uh, believed he could break NATO with his invasion of Ukraine. Uh, I don't think there is humanity in, in uh, NATO about whether or not to bring Ukraine into the NATO family. Now, at this moment, in the middle of a war, Biden continued, uh, noting that that joining NATO um, would force all the other member countries to defend all of Ukraine while it's already in a war. So basically, you can't bring them in to NATO. You can't bring a country, any country, into NATO while they're at war. Um, quote, if the war is going on, then we're all in war, Biden said. You know, we're, we're at war with Russia. And if that were the case... So I think we have to lay out a path for the the rational path for Russia, for, uh, excuse me, uh, for Ukraine to be able to qualify to get into NATO. <laughs> Again, trying to quote Biden is, is kind of difficult sometimes. <laughs> but anyway, Biden said that he told Zelensky that while the process of being, being uh, worked out uh, which he said would take a long time, the U.S. would give Ukraine the weapons it needed to defend itself. Uh, again, it means that we're going to be giving them weapons for quite a while. And so I think we can work it out, he said. Um, and But I think it's premature to say, to call for a vote, uh, you know, in now, because I there's another uh, qualifications that needs to be met, and including... Uh, de- uh, democratizing and and some of those issues. <laughs> if, if if you if you have a translation of Biden, I would love that. Um, Biden's remarks come as, uh, of course, Senator Lindsey Graham of uh, the Republican Republican from South Carolina tweeted last week that that he was working with Republicans and Democrats in the Senate to pass a resolution urging the admission of Ukraine into NATO. So, you know, we'll see how that goes. But uh, the best way to prevent future wars and promote peace is to create security guarantees that make aggressor nations think twice before they before starting wars, is what Graham said. Uh, Ukrainian NATO membership is vital to the future security of, of uh, Europe and the world. And I believe there is an overwhelming majority of senators supporting this proposition. Uh, but according to special presidential envoy for climate, John Kerry, the NATO dis, uh, decision is not the biggest problem that, that we have with the, the Russian-Ukrainian war. Special president envoy for climate, John Kerry, claimed during an interview on Monday that the problem with the war in Ukraine 
was that it was contributing to the re- uh, the release of greenhouse gases that are causing climate change. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the that's the big problem with the war. Kerry made the remarks while President Joe Biden headed to the Windsor Castle in the in the UK to take part in a ceremony for King Charles III and host, uh, host a f- form uh, focusing on uh, clean energy strategies, according to the Washington Examiner. Uh, Kerry declared on uh, MSNBC while in England, quote, lots of parts of the world are exacerbating the problem right now. But when you have bombs going off and you have uh, damage to uh, septic tanks uh, or to power centers, etc., you have an enormous release of greenhouse gas, of methane. Uh, you know, all of the family of greenhouse gases. I, I can't do John Kerry. I'm sorry. <laughs> but he did continue and he says, as a result, it is, um, re- as the result is it's adding to the problem is what he said. Uh, I'm not, you know, believe me, that uh, the fight in Ukraine is a fight that we have to make, that the world has to make, he said. (laughs) The values at stake are enormously important to all of us. So I'm not suggesting by any fashion that, that this is not a fight we shouldn't be involved in. But I am saying that there are ancillary impacts as a result of it. (laughs) Kerry is widely mocked, of course, online over these remarks. Uh, Republican presidential candidate Nikki Haley tweeted out this. Uh, She said, John Kerry tells us the problem with the war in Ukraine is the increase in greenhouse gases. You can't make this stuff up. The end of the Biden-Harris administration can't come fast enough. The problem with the war in Ukraine, says despot con man John Kerry, is that bombs are damaging septic tanks and exacerbating the the, uh, made-up climate crisis. This is according to radio host uh, Gary uh, Callahan. And he tweeted, wait till he hears about all the dead women and children. (laughs) But what, what are we finding out about the way that government has handled the, the news of the war. Uh, and, and some of this stuff is just now coming to light. The FBI facilitated censorship requests against American citizens from a Ukrainian intelligence agency that has likely been compromised by Russian actors, according to the House Committee report released on Monday. The 26-page report from the House Judiciary Committee and the Select Subcommittee on the Weaponization of the Federal Government uh, accused one of America's top law enforcement agencies of violating Americans' First Amendment rights by potentially undermining U.S. national security after Russia invaded Ukraine. The Security Service of Ukraine, which is called the SBU, sought to fight uh, uh, fight supported Russian influence on the social media and levied the power of the FBI for its mission. Quote, the SBU enlisted the FBI in support of this effort, transmitting to the FBI lists of social media accounts that allegedly spread Russian disinformation. I mean, real Russian disinformation in this case. The FBI, in turn, routinely delayed these lists to, I'm sorry, relayed these lists 
to the relevant social media platforms which distributed the information internally to their employees in charge of content moderation and enforcement. This is directly from the report. As as reported in the Twitter files, DOJ officials regularly met with social media executives and Meta at at Twitter, at Google, at at, uh, Microsoft, and, and, and others to discuss, quote, misinformation spreading uh, on the platforms and how the social media sites could crack down on supposed untruthful speech. Well, the new House committee uh, report showed that the FBI flagged accounts and posts for, for social media companies at behest of the SBU, including posts from authentic accounts of Americans, a verified U.S. State Department account, and those belonging to American journalists. Quote, at times, the FBI would even follow up with relevant um, platform uh, to, in- to ensure that these accounts were taken down, regardless of its intended purpose endorsing the SBU's request. The FBI had no legal justification for facilitating the censorship of Americans' Uh, protected speech on social media. And again, this is straight from the report. Um, As the FBI was uh, coordinating with the SBU to censor American speech, Russian actors who had reportedly infiltrated the the Ukrainian agency could have been influencing decisions made by the agency, according to the White House subcommittee. Uh, Last July, Ukrainian President Zelensky fired the head of SBU, citing dozens of cases of those under his authority working with Russian agents. That's according to writers. So basically what you have here, you have a situation where the Ukrainians are telling um, us through the FBI, right? Uh, telling us that that there is, um, you know, some some misinformation here, uh, or there, what what what's being uh, reported on this Facebook post or this tweet or whatever is not correct. And so then our government then puts pressure on the social media companies to take it down. They even follow up to make sure they do that job. Um, Months before Zelensky's attempt to crack down on Russian agents within his intelligence team, an FBI agent sent an email to Meta in March of 2022 specifying accounts that the SBU wanted the social media grant uh, giant to, to censor, according to the report. Quote, I have a few more Instagram and Facebook accounts that, according to the SBU, spread Russian disinformation for your review and action as deemed appropriate. <laughs> this, again, they're followed up saying, you better take this stuff down. Um, you know, it, it's, it goes against Americans' First Amendment right of free speech. We have the right to do so. We have talked about that here on, on the podcast before. We've talked about how you, you, you can't have it both ways if you're a social media company. You cannot say that, oh, I have no control as a, as a social media company over what people post on my, on my platform. And so you can't hold me accountable for what is being said on my platform. You can't hold me accountable for things that are that are um, done there because I am not the one that posted it. It's other people using my platform. You can't have that 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 you can't take that stance and then come back and say, "Oh, but you know what? I can take stuff down that I don't like." 
you and and because first either you have the you have the ability to take that stuff down or you don't have the ability but you can't you, you can't talk out of both sides of your face and that's what the re, the report here is saying is that is that Ukrainian officials went to the FBI the FBI then said okay yeah we'll, we'll take those lists and we'll pass those along to the to the social media things and then our government put pressure on the social media companies to take those things down and, and classify them as as misinformation well but what was happening is a lot of these things were from russia i mean they the russia had infiltrated the ukrainian uh, uh sbu and and they were ones putting things out there so we had our government basically taking things down that were true uh, they were forcing the takedown of information true information um but it's it's not what russia wanted out there and so again this is the problem with what with with, with what has happened uh in in the past few years with social media um in fact it's happened to us we we um uh, we we will probably no longer have a facebook page uh, our facebook page has been uh, has been up and down and up and down and mostly down. I mean, it's been because of the fact that Facebook does not like even, they won't tell us what they don't like, to be honest with you, but what they, but we, we can only, um, assume, I guess, is they don't even like the titles of our podcasts. And so, uh, so we will probably no longer be doing Facebook. Um, we, we, we'll, I'll, I'll keep you informed of what, what, uh, what we do. Obviously we're still on Instagram. That's probably the best way right now to be able to get, uh, get notifications. Uh, obviously we do the podcast every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Um, and, and it comes out six o'clock AM Pacific time. And, uh, and so, like I say, you know, you, you can, you can set your clock to it or whatever, you know, we, uh, with, with few exceptions, that's what we do. Uh, but you can also get on Instagram. You can, you can, uh, communicate with us there. You can also communicate us, uh, with us, uh, at our website, uh, uncommonsensepodcast.com. Again, thank you for listening. This podcast is a production of Organite Communications.